everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. And we're your hosts. Hi, Clayton. Hi. How's it going? It's going. (laughs) I was waiting for you to say like good or not so good or it's cold outside, it's rainy, but no. It is rainy, that's for sure. I know. It's been raining all weekend. It's been gross. All right, but we did spend this weekend reading a book. We read Transcendence by Shay Savage. So this was a recommendation from a member of our, or somebody who emailed in, Diana. We read her email last week. So it took her a while, it took us a while to get to it. I think it was, she emailed us in like September of 2020. So listen, better late than never. Yeah. Um, And... Yeah. Should we judge this cover? Yes. So this is Ed. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I, I I like the cover okay. Well, also, it's like he doesn't look like the way that the hero is described either, because he's described as being like light eyes and red hair and all these things. Also, this guy has like a very has like a, a pretty well-groomed like beard and everything, which obviously he wouldn't have. I mean, overall, I think it was, it's a good cover. If this was a self-published, like she, she did a great job as far as like working with what she had. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, like a, a, a solid showing for the cover. I mean, like I, this would not do as like a cartoon cover. And I'm not sure like, no. this is also like such a unique and specific book that I, it's not even that I can think of like what the cover should look like. You know what I mean? It's so. weird because also the name Transcendence it doesn't tell you what the book is either. Right. So if we wouldn't have been recommended this, I would have looked at this and thought it was, I guess, I don't want to say sci-fi, but some sort of fantasy thing. I mean, it it is sci-fi, I guess. Like It is like time travel, but yeah, Transcendence. And it's also, it's one of those cover it's one of those titles that like never sticks in your brain like it mm-hmm. ne- it doesn't work with the story so i always have to think for a second of like what is the title of this book yeah um the same way victoria dolls taking the heat i yeah. never it always takes me a second to remember that title too because it's so incongruous to like what the story is that it's like yeah that doesn't really make sense why that's the title and like transcendence i get it's like at the end of the the book that's like he says like our love transcended i mean it did like that's a nice line but i don't get i don't know anyway clayton what was this book about so this book was about ed a caveman who finds a woman in a hunting pit and kidnaps her and then they end up together and have babies Mm mm-hmm and that's the story. But there's a lot more to it, obviously. <laughs> and her name is Elizabeth, but he can't say Elizabeth, so it becomes Be. Mm-hmm. But it is all told from Ed's perspective, which is a very interesting way to tell this story because you don't ever get to hear until the very end any of what Be says. Mm-hmm. only what he can understand or she spells out to him very directly. What did you think? This is a, this is what I'm so curious to know what you think of this book. <laughs> I liked it. And I thought it was a very interesting way to write a book, a very interesting challenge for the writer, because it it was one of those things where I thought this is going to be very hard to sustain. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, by the end, I felt that way. I felt like it it went on a little long for my taste. But I also think most things are too long. (laughs) But I was very impressed with how well the author did in conveying a person who couldn't understand what somebody else was saying and how they were able to communicate, figure things out, and the frustration with that. And there there was a huge pitfall they could have fallen into where 
the the sex the 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 consent for the sex is one of those things that could have been very tricky and i do think that miss savage pulls it off really well in a way that i was really surprised by and i did like it i will say i don't want to, i mean we are spoiling it i didn't need the sci-fi element at all i did not need to know where Beck came from and any of that stuff, I really wish that that wouldn't have happened. I was really bummed out when that was brought into it. Yeah. Because I loved, one of the things I loved about it is they're not explaining how she got there. And we've dealt with so many time travel stories in our lifetimes that you don't need to. Right. But what did you think? I'm so curious. No, I really loved it. I think it took me like a little bit to get into the book. Like, I feel like I had to try to start reading it a few times. But then once I was, I was like 100% in. I think Ed Ed is not a Neanderthal. He's like, she goes into like who he is. And he's basically something that the, that Shay Savage like invented as far as like the, the, uh lineation of like the, the evolution of man so he's like a crow magnum man kind of but he's basically like missing the part of his brain that is able to like comprehend speech in any sort of complex manner so that was interesting to learn at the very beginning of the book because it was like he'll never learn to speak or he'll never learn to communicate with um with bet in that way um which i felt was really interesting um because then you were never waiting for that to happen for him to like have this like breakthrough he was always kind of like he knew commands he knew like certain he like he knew no he knew kiss he knew her name and his name and then his children's names (laughs) it was really cute oh it was adorable when he would speak especially when he'd be like Oh, when 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 something <laughs> exciting would happen, like either sexual or otherwise, he'd be like, "Oh," and I was just like, "That's so funny." I could just see him doing that, <laughs> right? And it's such a um, it's such like a primal noise too that you could see like that noise is probably bed with man <laughs> since then. Yeah. Um, and I th- and it, and so there's a lot that is like constantly repeated, and I think. I don't know. There's. I'm so happy we're talking about this book this morning because I feel like there's so much to talk about. Yes. But positioning him as the narrator is really difficult, but really smart. And I think that the payoff is big from that because then there is like a sequel of, it's not really a sequel, but there's like an addendum or there's additional book you can buy called Luffs, which is basically a, a lot of key scenes from Beth's point of view which I did read yesterday and really liked it. Um, It's not a full novella or anything. It's not the whole story. It's just like certain things. And it was interesting to then see, because as, as you see everything that, that Bet is doing, you're trying to figure out what she's doing through this like cipher of this caveman who can't really explain what the hell she's doing. He's just like, she's being weird and constantly just saying like, my mate is strange, but I love her. Um, but the the repetition, it was really interesting. And then it started to become more comfortable of like, these are just the things that he cares about. He cares about like protection. He cares about food for the winter. He cares about, you know. Putting a baby in her. Putting a baby in her, continuing the species. But it's also like he recognizes like, I don't want to just put a baby in her just so that I have babies. He's like, I want to put a baby. Like he understands like, I want to have sex with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't have words or a way to contextualize sex without children um and so therefore he's sort of like well i want to put a baby in her that's all he can think and i i just thought that that was really interesting and really really well done and it was i think it can be so hard when you're in one point of view and especially if you're in one point of view and it does not talk about and and the other character and they can't communicate through language it's really hard to then convey like, oh, these people do really love, like genuinely love each other and have affection for each other. But that's what happens in this book. Like you genuinely believe these two do love and have affection for each other and care about each other. Mm-hmm. And another thing, and then I'll let you talk because I feel like I've been talking for a while, but um, that I really love is that they're, the balance of their 
knowledge and it feels like they are equal partners in the relationship in a way that I really love because it's easy to be like, well, you know, Bay is from the future. So she knows so much more and she's so much smarter. And so she'll like teach him what to do. And there's an aspect of that. Like she makes clay pots and she, um, you know, does a few other like things, but also, um, Ed is able to bring so much to the relationship and teach her and they sort of do always like work together in a way that I find really beautiful. So yeah, I mean, I loved it. I thought it was a great book. I'm really happy we read it. Yeah. She doesn't know how to weave the baskets and things and he doesn't understand, or she doesn't know how to make clothing. He doesn't understand why, Mm -hmm. but then she cooks and she makes all these different meals that he does can't even figure out or he doesn't even realize there's this many ways to use ingredients. So yeah. I do agree with that. It is balanced where, oh, this guy's just a dumb caveman. What am I going to do? That's mm-hmm. not really the case. He's very he, – he, there's ingenuity with what he does. He makes her a comb, which is really sweet. So, yeah, I I mean, I did like it. I, I do think, though, it did – you know, like I said, it, it towards the end when all the babies started happening, I was – okay, you have a lot of babies. I get it. Because once right. you bring babies in – like any romance, I'm not as much into it. I understand that the babies were important because obviously that was one of his driving forces. And they needed them to continue the continue their their line. And then when they find a, a group to hang out with, they find a tribe. I know it's supposed to be like a happy, triumphant feeling. And I thought, oh, I don't know, all these people... <laughs> like really, you're just like living in a cave. Now. Like you had your own cave. It was pretty chill. And now you're living with all these people. I, that was kind of a bummer. But I mean, I know why for the characters that was really important. So they could survive. Well, and also it's like they had, once they have four children and it seems like that cave was pretty small. It's like, yeah, you need to have four children as they grow up. You need more space. And also you need like people for the children to marry. Yes, I you think need communities. That, yeah. I think that can be the pitfall sometimes of self-published writers is they love the character so much. And listen, we love the character so much that there isn't like a good, it, it seems like sometimes they need an editor to be like, this is really fun. And maybe you could do a novella about this, but like we can cut, we don't need this. This isn't mm-hmm. part of like the primary story you're trying to tell. Now it is just sort of like people chilling, which is, Whatever, I read all those novellas if it's a book that I love. But I, I agree that it isn't super necessary. Um, I mean, I did love the ending. Oh, okay. So something interesting that happened. I So like I said, Womance, um, you know, our friends at Womance did an episode on this book. I didn't listen to the episode because I knew we were going to do the book and I don't want to like get my opinions clouded. Like I'll probably listen to it now. But Morgan uh, texted me and was like, do you want to know something about transcendence that that I wish I had known? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. Crap. (laughs) Um, And she was like, well, Bay is at first she told me that Bay was 14. And I was like, "Okay, this is freaking disgusting. And I'm not reading this book. And then she was like, no, 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 I didn't mean 14. I meant she's like 17, 18. And I was like, "Okay, well, that is different. And so that's ultimately something we learn at the end of the book. There's a last chapter where we see sort of how she ended up in the pit and kind of who she was. And we hear her talk and we see sort of who her friends were before. And so was that a surprise to you, her age, that she had been like on a class trip? And so she's presumably, yeah, like 17 or 18 years old when she travels back in time. And did that change your sort of perception of anything or? I didn't like any of the modern stuff. I didn't like yeah. that. I, I, I didn't. I didn't really give it much thought to that, like the age. Because at that point, when I read that, I read it because I, I we had you know we read this for the the podcast. But I already didn't like that the dad was brought in and the mm-hmm. time travel stuff was brought in, and they took uh, Lay away or La away when she was sick and then brought her back. I didn't like any of the sci-fi stuff. So then when it went to present day, I thought, I don't care about this. This isn't, this isn't why I read this book. So I'm not really invested in this as something that matters to me. But 
I didn't think about her at that age. I I was thinking she was in her 20s during the book. So at the end, I'm not going to just change my mind about the book because of that. It, it just too, it was just too late for right. me. Because otherwise, I figured out that she was a virgin the way that Ed did through the blood on his penis and him being really upset and thinking that she's hurt. And that the the thing about this book is that it only works because Ed is the the nicest, uh, chillest, most <laughs> consent ready caveman to ever exist. And I'm calling him a caveman. I know he's not a caveman, but I'm just going to use that as a shorthand. I hope I don't offend anybody with that. Any caveman? Uh, offend all the cavemen out there. But I think the the fact that this when you think of it from her angle. And I did a, a lot at the beginning. This is a horror movie. This is a horror novel. Right. This is an absolute horror novel because now also to think, yeah, she's 17, 18, even more terrifying. But even as like a 20, if she was a 25-year-old, that's terrifying. Right. Having this guy take her home and all, and all he wants to do is have sex. But it, it's done in a way that it's so hard to explain this book if you haven't read it that all he thinks about is putting a baby in her. And that's because it's that biological urge. And his interactions with her make him realize that there's more to the act than just putting a baby in her. And it's done in such a great way. And I think it was, God, such a hard thing to do. And I think Shay does a great job. I hope this comes out correctly. I think the author does a really good job of encapsulating how... Most men think. <laughs> and I know that sounds awful because saying that makes it seem like men are only interested in sex and they'll do anything so that they can put a baby in someone. Because a lot of what Ed does is I want to show my worth so that I can put a baby in this, in my mate. And there is a level of that in modern society it it, it, you know it's like that's why men do some of the things that they do so that they will look good for women right Mm -hmm. but what it shows too is that there are other elements to it as well it's not just you when people say well it's just a biological function and that's why men are the way they are so you can never change them this book shows that that's that's the thing is if that is where you're starting from Right? If the primary motivation for men is for men to impregnate women to continue their line, mm-hmm. that's just a starting point. There's layers on top of that that can be built and should be built, and that's where society is built on. Right. Well, I think that's the kind of the thing of the book is it is like a, an extreme stripping down of everything, and it's like the ultimate forced proximity of a novel because – they are the only two people that they encounter other than like a, a random person comes and tries to rape Bay, um, and like knocks her out into a coma and it ends up killing him. And then her father comes. I feel differently. Well, yeah. So then it is, yeah, the biological imperative is something that is like talked about a lot. And that is, I mean, ultimately I get it. That is kind of what sexual urges are, I guess. And, and it's most elemental, um, obviously, like in modern society and stuff, we've like worked away from it. And obviously, there are a lot of people who enjoy sex that like does not lead to procreation um, and won't lead to procreation, which I think is like obviously great. No problems there. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I, I get it. And and him trying to sort of show off his his things or him then looking at his cave through her eyes of sort of oh, this maybe isn't as good as I thought it was because now that I'm trying to like show off her mate, it seems now it kind of seems kind of dingy, which is I think also an experience a lot of us have had maybe of like trying to impress somebody and then you show them something and you're like, oh, this isn't really what I wanted it to be. We'll just think of, I mean, no offense and uh, we can edit this out if you don't want it in there, but I mean, look at producer Patty's apartment before you got to it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Pat I mean, won't listen to this episode. So, yeah, we could talk about like that horrible brown couch and that tiny TV and <laughs> all the walls were a dingy white color. 
and, okay. and I think that's common with all, all of my male friends when they start cohabitating with somebody their apartments get way nicer <laughs> yeah oh yeah well and that's what you show too it's like her being there them being there together her being in the space it's like she naturally just starts trying to decorate and adds to it and they have more together than he did on his own and i think that's all really sweet too and i love um, how he also gets impressed with things she's able to do when she makes the clay pots he is so impressed. Yeah. And and then when he breaks the plate accidentally and she cries, he gets so upset because he was just trying to see if it was how strong it was. But I could see how she would interpret that as maybe him being angry and smashing a plate, which is one of those cliche domestic dispute things that you hear about people throwing plates and smashing plates. And that's why this book is so interesting, because when you can't say, oh, I was testing the strength, it could come off as. I don't like this. Smash. <laughs> right. What I think also it's like, uh, you know, what I, Bay too, she's going through so many, or best, she's going through so many emotions constantly, which I like too, because also it's like, sometimes with these time travel things, people like adjust way too quickly. Like, I know we joked about it with like Ice Planet Barbarians, but like, that people were very much like, okay, cool. Now we're on another planet. Fine. Let's go move forward. And mm-hmm. I feel like you saw her really p- trying to process a ton of emotions as she was going through it. And so she would be crying randomly or she would be upset or she would be cold towards him sometimes. And like, that is how you would be. Like, I think ultimately it's like, if you were dropped into this world, it's like you would have a lot of emotions and then eventually you would kind of just get to it and just start working through what you needed to get done. But it's like, it wouldn't be without like a lot of time of figuring things out. And I like, you know, whenever she is upset with him, he tries to make amends or sometimes he like just holds her as she is upset and that's it, which I'm like, you know, if there is something that men I think need to take away from (laughs) these sort of things, it's like, sometimes that's what you need. You just need somebody to like, be in your presence as you're upset, as you're working through something yourself. Because, you know, I know it's hard. There's a lot of emotions that happen. And the, and the trying to fix things. The, right. The, the trying to fix things is the, a lot of times, problem with men. Mm-hmm. Is they And that's the other thing that is, is so great about this book is that when she cries – he immediately is scrambling to try to get her not to cry, figure out why she's crying, do things to make her stop. Men still do that. Men mm-hmm. still, when a woman starts crying, they want to do anything to stop them from crying. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it could it's it's out of emotional support, right? I, I don't like to see my partner in pain. What can I do? I feel if I can't physically do something that I'm not helping – and then other times it's, oh, how do I get this to stop? I just, mm-hmm. I just want this to stop. And it's, it's true. It just is the way a lot of men act. And I think that was just so brilliant because then when you do have him realize that sometimes she just wants to be held, that's something that men in modern society don't realize. Right. He can't understand what she's saying, so he just needs to intuit everything. And he's really fine-tuned to her. And that helps him understand these things that men nowadays, we're just not as in tuned because there's so many distractions and also there's so many levels of social social shit that you have to wade through, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't be this way because my buddies aren't this way. Even if I want to do this for her, I'm not going to because my buddy says that this is not how you should be with your wife or your girlfriend. Right? Nobody's telling him how to be other than when he sees her, he's trying to figure out how to make her love him and her happy and her safe. Right. And then he just understands. And then he just also just coming to a point of just realizing that, like, she does things differently or she wants things and he doesn't understand why and he doesn't understand the purpose, but he's sort of like, well, it it seems like this makes her happy. So let's do it. You know? So I'll help her with this, even though I don't really understand why or, or why this is important. Like, um, except when he covers her mouth, when she talks too much, (laughs) because like, he gives me a headache when she talks so much. I was like, Oh, that is funny. Um, but it's like, cause she has nobody else to talk to. So I'm sure she was, she was going a little crazy if she wasn't able to just continue to speak. 
Right. She was probably just like talking to herself. And definitely you could tell that she was probably like singing at certain moments too. Uh-huh. Um, and also like her constantly cleaning him and him being like, I don't want to go in the cold water. Oh, I <laughs> but know. Her- but dude, I was thinking, I was like, bro, she's down to get down, get in that bath. Oh, like, I think he does realize that. And then he's like, I know she doesn't. Well, once she makes the big clay pot and it's like warm water, he's like, okay, well, actually, this is nice. This is yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. I was like, take a bath, bro. You're so close. <laughs> she's into you. You just need to take a bath. I know. Just need to be clean because she's in this tiny cave with you. I'm sure she was like, I need this guy to be. If this is the only man in the world that I need him to be clean. I, yeah. I heard. I understood why she was doing what she did. But Absolutely. to go back to like the sci-fi element. I think I needed that bit. I get why you didn't like it. And I also don't need a lot of explanation, especially for sci-fi things, for, like, why she traveled back in time. She just did. And, like, honestly, that is fine for me. But um, especially because her daughter was, like, clearly going to die. She had, They mm-hmm. had an infant baby. Like, I was terrified that whole time because, like, her being pregnant, her giving birth alone, I was like, this is this is really scary. Yes. Um, and then the baby not being able to suckle and then therefore starving to death is terrifying and awful to watch. Um, so there was an aspect that I was like, OK, like like I, I assume that she was just going to give the baby to her father and then that was going to be the end of it. He does end up come, bringing the baby back. I needed her to have a chance to leave and say no. True. Yes. Because I think. My greatest fear since I was a child, and I don't know if we've talked about this before, is honestly going somewhere and not being able to come back. So, mm-hmm. like, when I watch, like, Darby O'Gill and the Little People, which is still the scariest movie I've ever seen, or, like, even, like, Fraggle Rock. I was, like, the idea of, like, going someplace, like, arriving someplace and not being able to go home, I was, like, this is the worst. This is terrifying. And it would, like, keep me up at night. So I needed her to have the opportunity to leave and to, make and the to choice. choose him. Yeah. And so that's what happens. And, uh, and I don't want to talk too much about the sort of the scenes that you are able to read from her point of view, because I mean, that isn't the book, but it does shed a lot of light on things. But mm-hmm. I think that was really important to me too, that like, yeah, she could go back she chose him. So then kind of the rest of her life, it's not like she's really making the best of a bad situation. It's more like, no, this is she is where she wants to be. Uh, and especially as she was, you know, they have another child and as they're raising children together and stuff, I just um, I don't know. That was important to me. I thought and that made me feel a lot better. Um, yeah, I, I get that. And I understand it has a story function. And that's you bringing that up really does illuminate why it, it needed to be there. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, as somebody who I really loved the idea of this book and how it was done, and to add those things, I just wanted it to be this weird novel where you just don't know where she came from. Mm-hmm. And she just has to deal with this guy that that doesn't speak and then you never hear her point of view because everything is through this one person's understanding of someone else's actions i thought was a really interesting reading exercise yeah and when it, it especially the the epilogue at the end which ended up being the actual prologue which was clever but for me i just yeah, I, I I just was like, I don't need this. I don't need to know she's hanging out with friends and shit. And and I know yeah. it was clever how it wrapped around, but I just didn't. I, I just I was like, I don't I don't want anything modern day. I just want to because by the end, like they die in each other's arms off mm-hmm. in their original cave, and it's so it's so sad and sweet and really fitting way to end. And then when it goes modern. There just feels like it's, I don't know. I guess I'm just really biased against that kind of stuff. So that's, I understand the story function and, I, and I'm and i not knocking this book for it. Obviously it needs to be in there, but I just wish it would have been this weird experimental novel. 
I still think it's a weird experimental novel. I mean, I think that like a, another author might have like done alternating chapters or something. I don't think I would have enjoyed the book as much. Me neither. Yeah, I was. And I, and we knew, I think we knew going into it that there wasn't any of that. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think it's cool that she does a, a that novella to explain it. Cause I saw at the end of the, when I finished reading this book that that was available. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to read that. Because no, I think you don't want to read it. It'll change the way I... Cause I'm still trying to figure out what the hell that black box is that she has. Do you want to know? Because I'm a caveman. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what is that thing that she has? I'm kind of like Ed where I'm like, if she likes it, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it an iPhone? It's... Do you want to know or... No, don't tell me. Okay. Don't tell me because don't don't because I, I think somebody else will figure it out on the I mean, people when they read, I want them to be able to try to figure out what these things are without us telling them, although if they should have read the book if they're listening to this. But no, I don't want to know. That's the thing. I don't want to know. Right. But that's the thing, too. I think this is also definitely and, you know, I think most romances are this way. But I, this is also a book that like you can spoil like we can tell you everything about the book and you would still have a really enjoyable reading experience. So I would say mm-hmm. like, if you're curious about this book at all, just read it. Cause it's a, it's a, it's a, I don't know. It's a really well done romance. It's a really well done book full stop. And the reading experience or the listening experience, if you do audio, I think is so unique that um, I, yeah, I would definitely recommend everyone to 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 experience for for themselves i mean i I do think we could talk for ages about this book what 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 did you what did you think about the end the epilogue which actually ends up being the prologue where elizabeth is looking at her mom's find which is two cave people together but they had found a jordash button there which was her jordash button from her jeans. Right, that presumably she's wearing at that moment. And why is she wearing Jordash? Can can I ask that question? Why is she wearing Jordash? That was my question too, because I'm like, people don't wear Jordash now. Or even six years ago. Like it it would have been like Levi's or like J. Crew. The the Jordash of it all was quite funny because that is like a very eighties it'd be like if she was wearing Gloria Vanderbilt jeans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sure somebody still is wearing Gloria Vanderbilt jeans, but I don't know how you would get them. I mean, I thought that was interesting. She's well, because there is that famous couple, like the lovers. And it is Mm -hmm. like the same thing of like these these two people were found like entangled. Obviously, I liked it. I wanted to know a little bit more about her. Like, obviously, you do end up falling in love with her through this book because she is, you know, so smart and caring and is able to communicate and, you know, clearly loves him and stuff yeah and the age thing too i mean i was like a little bit disappointed that she was so young just because i feel like there is this thing of having a heroine so young um but then when you do read it from her point of view like she looks at eden she's like oh he's my age so i'm like whatever if they're both in their like late teens early 20s then it's it's romeo juliet situation well they were like yeah i mean they were well no romeo and juliet were like fucking 12 or some shit yeah they were like 13 and 14 but like yeah um i got so vulgar there why was i so vulgar about romeo and juliet about shakespeare but yeah the the age thing didn't bother me as much as i thought it would because also it's like 18 year olds are having sex so it's not like it was like inappropriate for her to have sex and also like if he was also age appropriate for her it's like fine fine because just like that's the thing i think that's what it is because just like i assumed she was in her 20s i assumed he was in his 20s right so the assumption was they were of the same age Mm -hmm. so when we figure out that she's 17 or 18 it's you can also just like said assume that he is that same age it's just weird to think of a caveman as young right but he that's the thing he obviously had lost his family and he was by himself so he couldn't have, he couldn't have survived for 
very long. It's not like he was in his 30s. He probably would have been dead by then if he would have been away from his family for his tribe for so long. But I never feared for her with him. Like I knew he would never intentionally do anything to hurt her. He wasn't going to push her further than she was willing to go. Like when they ultimately do have sex, it is like clearly very consensual. So I Mm -hmm. never had those sort of like worries in a way that I think you could have. It's weird though, because I knew what was in his head but looking at it from her angle she didn't know so Mm -hmm. i still had i didn't i had fear for her by proxy in that way where just like how he didn't understand her but came to the understanding of her there was that level of she like when he tries to mount her in her mind she could think oh, he's going to just do this all the time. Like, this is my life now. It, right. it, was ter- it was a terrifying thought to have as a person, right? And so oh, I, yeah. did, I did fear with her at moments, but I think that is part of this book too, right? This is just mm-hmm. part of what the experience is. And I do think if you thought too much of, of the situation she was in, it would be so bleak. Because she is a young person separated from her family with this person that she can't communicate with who is eventually going to want to have sex with you because that seems to be a lot of the things that they're trying to do to you. So there is some terror involved in this. But the way you don't feel it permeate the whole story, it's just done skillfully by Miss Savage. Well, also, I think it's like she you would be terrified at the beginning, no matter what. And then, yeah, Mm -hmm. that he tries to do that. You would be terrified. But then he immediately backs off. And I think she sort of realizes quickly that he is not going to force her into anything. And then she starts tracking her period and she starts tracking like when she's ovulating and like doesn't have sex with him specifically on those days and stuff. So I think it's like, um you always feel like th- there is equal control. And yes. I think also being in his mind, like he wants to watch her go to the bathroom and eventually he realizes like, she doesn't want me to do that. So he just turns around. But like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, obviously, but it's also it's like, you need a place to start. So it's like, yeah, at the beginning she's terrified, but like, obviously you would be, and it would be so bizarre if at the beginning she's just like, Oh no, this is cool. <laughs> you know, it'd be weird. And the, the, the thing about this book too, is that the way they have sex, it, there's not the taboo of, here's this caveman I can't control taking me. Right. It, that the, It's never used that way. This is not to titillate people who are into n- non-consent that turns into consent that is a, that's, that some people get into in these books. This is about understanding when somebody wants to have sex and trying to please them. And mm-hmm. that is what I loved so much about this book. It it wasn't trying to be taboo in, in a sexual way. It was trying to show that sex has other components and can't can have other components. And so even when he figures out, oh, she likes this, I'm going to do this to her first so that she is happy and then I can put a baby in her is cool I was like yeah dude that's cool that's what you do (laughs) well yeah and knows like how to please a woman and it's cool because he just figures it out he just pays attention Mm -hmm. and and I think that's great he's able to put his biological imperative aside and say it doesn't feel right to do that without her excited and enjoying it and it's so basic a caveman can understand it. Right. Because the first time they have sex, like she jerks him off and he's like, that mm-hmm. was great. And then he like goes to go to sleep and she's like, no, wait, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. And basically teaches him how to get her off by fingering her. And then that sort of is what tur- ultimately turns into sex. But he's like so also excited by the the idea, which he like he doesn't realize that women could orgasm, which is like, yeah, that makes sense that he wouldn't know that. And then like men today sometimes don't know that and so yeah um but then he and he also understands that like oh when i get her off first like the sex is better 
Yeah. Or that, like, I do like that she has so much agency that she's also like, oh, this isn't just you getting off. Like, we both get off or this isn't a sexual encounter. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. she's just sort of like, you know, he, after he comes, he always wants to immediately go to sleep. And she's like, no, no, no. Wakes him up, makes him get her off, which I love. And then finally, he's like, if I have her get off before I do, then I can go to sleep right after. And it's like, fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's a compromise. And that's a solution that works for everybody. I think that's great. I'm so glad we read this book because it was such a different thing than we've ever read. Yes. Yeah. And it was really, really well done, too, in a way that like, it would be very easy for this not to be well done. (laughs) And and that's why I wish it not to go back to the cover, because I, I understand people are publishing a book, you got to get it out there. Mm -hmm. You don't have a lot of she might not have a lot of money for a book, for a cover and all these things, but I just wish the cover was better and I wish the name was better because I know transcendence means something to her because it's love that transcends time. And and I'm not going to sit here and like come up with better titles because that isn't our place. And I don't want to, but I don't also want to be like, come up with a better title, but I don't have an idea for what it would be. I just, I, I want peop, more people to read this book and mm-hmm. I don't know if... It, other than us saying, read this book, you need to get those people who are going to pick this up off the shelf and know immediately what they're getting into, or at least be excited to figure out what they're going to be reading. Right. And I, and I feel like there's a way to catch people with this book in a way that might not be happening. Yeah. I, I mean, know. I hope I like... Well, you know, to jump ahead to the Goodreads list, but there was pages and pages of Goodreads list. Like, I do feel like this is definitely a book that is like out there and people have read. So, I mean, hopefully, Mm -hmm. I don't know. We don't know anything about the author. Um, But if it ever is like bought by a publishing house, if that's even how it happens or it does get re-released, then I think like having an updated cover could really change it. Because, yeah, this is a book that I think even if you're not, a romance reader like you could also just really the just the way the story is told I think it's so good yeah because you know here's the thing about this too is that it's a sneaky romance because Mm -hmm. it doesn't I'm reading this and and I don't know if it's going to end well I mean I knew it was going to end well but I didn't know it was going to end well which is always the best romances right right and it is a romance but you could read this as, like you said, not a romance. You could pick this up and not know it's a romance and not think it's a romance. And I'm not here advocating for stuff that's hiding its romanceness because romance is is something that everybody should read. And, you know, it's there's nothing wrong with being a romance. But I do think that the the best romance books can be more than one thing. They They can be slotted into other other genres Mm -hmm. and i do think this is a book you could read if you're not a romance fan and really enjoy it still um do you have any other thoughts because we have a ton of goodread lists to go through no go through the list well first would you fuck them yeah oh that's such a great question (laughs) um yeah dude ed knows how to uh, he knows what people want so he would figure my shit out Mm -hmm. so i would do i would do him you know, it's hard. I think the one thing now that we know how young she is, I, I wouldn't uh, yeah. back because I just, although it's weird because I would fuck Ed, but he's the same age. But I don't know. It feels different. I, I would I would I would do Ed, Ed but I, I couldn't do Bay. What about but also, you? I think like um, just like, did you find them sexy? And yes. Oh, like, I found them sexy. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. They were sexy together, and that's the other thing, too. See, this is where we get into with this This Would You Fuck Them, is that they they do seem to have built something mm-hmm. really beautiful. So where would I fit in in this timeline? Yes. I would have had to come – I would have had to fall into that pit. <laughs> instead. In, instead, but then there's no way that I would end up with Bet because she's already with Ed. So it's like there it's not even possible for me to fuck her if yeah. we're talking about it rationally. But I could have fallen in that pit and we me and Ed could have had a life. <laughs> he would have been really he would have been really disappointed that I couldn't make him a baby though. Yeah, that would have been tough. Um yeah. all right, Goodreads list. Yes. Slow burn romance. 
Yeah. One and Only. Yes. Books with Virgin Heroes. Yeah, because they were both virgins. Yeah. Modern Day Virgin Heroines. I mean, Modern Day is funny because it takes place in like the, like thousands and thousands of years ago, but I guess. She's a modern woman. Yeah. She's got them Jordache jeans. (laughs) Deaf, Mute, Speechless, Romance, Heroes, and Heroines. Speechless, yeah. I mean, he could say a few things, but like you said, he wasn't capable of complex speech. Yeah. Uh, New Adult, No Cheating Heroes. How could he? That's interesting. Then this would slot in. Well, no, because I don't think this can be. No, new adults can still. New adult books can still be graphic. Right. Because like L. Kennedy, like college novels are new adult. And there's. So, yeah, I guess this is new adult, weirdly. Yeah. And no cheating. Yeah, no cheating. (laughs) Because there's not another human. There's no real options. Right. Head over heels, heroes who fall first and hard for their heroine. Yeah, he wanted her to be his mate. She, and that's the other thing. He did think she was beautiful. He he right. was so enamored with her. From the beginning. Yeah. He saw her in that pit and then he was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, Tarzan, you, Jane. Yeah. Yeah, that's that fits. Uh, best time travel romances. Yeah, I, I, I would say yes. Romance books, male point of view. Definitely. Language barrier in romance novels. Absolutely. Uh, Male-female only romance, say from triangles, cheating of any kind between hero and heroine, emotional or physical. Okay, so you've got, okay, list maker, deal with your shit. (laughs) You got some shit to work out, but also. The the world is real and you need to deal with that. (laughs) Okay, things happen to people. Deal with it. Um, virgin heroines, alpha males. You know, the alpha, the more we talk and the more we read these books, alpha male is just so specific. Yeah. And I don't think you could say Ed is a alpha male because he's just too loving, caring, and observant. Yeah. Right. And he like definitely protects her and stuff, but it's also like very necessary. Like, he's, he's overprotective alpha- in a way that, like, yeah, the world is scary and things do happen. So. Yeah. And and his alphaness fits, like, his environment. But the thing is, he's not alpha because when he fought that that other caveman who tried to rape her, he was getting his ass beat mm-hmm. because he was smaller. But he just cared more, and that's why he won. Yeah. But he, I wouldn't say when you look at him, he'd be an alpha. He was definitely the underdog. And he doesn't have, he didn't have a tribe, so that does not make him, that makes him not really an alpha in a lot of other cavemen's eyes, I would believe. Right. Right? Because, mm-hmm. like, he's not the head of a, a, a tribe. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have people around him to, like, protect him. So, yeah, I don't think the alpha fits for him. Sweet and gentle alpha heroes, again. He's sweet and gentle, definitely. But again, I don't think he's an alpha. Right. Soulmates and bonded and destiny, futuristic sci-fi time travel. Yeah. I mean, if you believe they're soulmates, they, I think the thing is with this, this shows that you can build a relationship with somebody who you have very little in common with and build a relationship. So I don't know if it's, soulmates like if somebody else had dropped out of the sky would they have worked the same maybe not but would it have ended up the same way maybe so i don't know if they're necessarily soulmates in my eyes oh i felt like they were like that was the whole thing of like her find of them like this the skeletons together and all that stuff like i did feel like it was destiny for them to be together okay uh hidden gems it might be destiny it might be destiny but are they soulmates Yes. The destiny doesn't destiny doesn't necessarily mean your soulmates. I guess not, but in this case I think it does. Okay. Um hidden gems in romance novels. Yeah, I would say this is definitely not is this a book that you would have known about other than no. our lovely readers sending us all these great emails? No, I wouldn't have known about it and this was definitely really good. Um competent heroines who aren't TSTL. 
too stupid to live. <laughs> yes, that is true. Yeah, she was super competent. She was very smart. Um, pregnant yeah. with hot sex men who would do anything to stay with her women. Yes. Now, is that I'm looking at the list that she typed out, and yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot because that's this is I cut you on and paste. Spot. I don't retype. So that's how they so spelled they it. Spelled sexy, S E X I I. That could be a caveman. Who knows? I don't want to. <laughs> if it is, good job on every other word. I know. <laughs> you really but nailed sexy it. Sexy is not spelled with two I's. No. The plural of sexy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, only the lonely romance books with lonely heroes or heroines. Yeah, he was lonely. He was like profoundly think- lonely. Poor guy. Yeah, and there was a level of her being probably a little bit lonely at times, too, because she couldn't talk to somebody. Right. Um, best novels set in prehistory. Yeah, I don't think we've read any other novels set in prehistory. No. I mean, I would now. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Best accidentally pregnant in romance novels. Is she accidentally pregnant? I think from her point of view, she's accidentally pregnant. Like, very, you can tell that she's trying to avoid pregnancy. Yes. And then does end up pregnant. So I think, oh, the other thing that I liked, too, was, um, you know, he, they, obviously, they can't communicate. Like, we've established that. But he knows when he, when she puts her, his hand on her stomach that she's pregnant. And then also when she does that thing with the black box, like he also recognizes that that is the end of her getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. He just kind of intuits it, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. He just knows. Yeah. And is fine with it and like understands. And it's like, okay, four is, is enough. Um, they had so many babies. <laughs> they all survived, which is wonderful. Um, No talking. No talking. Yeah. Yeah. No talking. Survival romance survival yeah yeah books about being trapped or stranded yes redheaded romance heroes he's a redhead which i didn't picture the whole book but i guess he is me neither i didn't picture a redhead romance between equals yeah i mean they do end up being equal i would say they're equal yeah i think they both bring so much to the relationship and i think they are on equal footing so i yeah I think so. Um, all right, Clayton, what are your tropes? Heroes who cannot communicate. Well, it's not that they can't communicate, but uh, one can't speak. Force proximity. Hero Heroines out of time, because she is in a different time. Uh, those are my tropes. I don't have a lot of the tropes. Did you, did you write any down? I wrote two down, and that was it. <laughs> It is slow burn. It's the thing is, it's a lot of the lists is what it is. She's yeah. a virgin. He's a virgin. So, Aaron, what are your tropes? Uh, Force proximity, different worlds, time travel, virgins, slow burn, handmade gifts. He makes her that comb, and that's so lovely. Uh, hero can't speak. Hero first person. Frontier life. Obviously not the frontier, but it's like that sort of survivalist aspect of it. Uh, and new adult nice yeah all right Aaron, what has oh i asked you first you You asked me first oh that's right okay it's 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 been weird over a hundred this is a weird weird men's first podcast (laughs) (laughs) i go for i go first with the tropes i go first with the swoons no but i think think because because normally well, yeah, I would be the only one with the show notes, so I would know what was next. And now we share them, so now you also know what's next. So I guess, you know what, we can switch it up if we want to. There's no need not to. I'll swoon first this week. I think the reason why I go first is because I'm the virgin, and I'm. It's, it's one of those things where it was always, what is my reaction to this first? Because you're the expert, and I'm the virgin. So I think that's why it is always that way. But okay. now that I think about it, that I don't think we're on equal footing, obviously, because you still read way more romance than I do. But it's it's just now that I'm thinking about it, it's just like so funny that I get to talk first in in all of these segments. <laughs> yeah. Um. So who's swooning first then? You're. I want to let you swoon first for this time. So I'm swooning over a movie called Shiva Baby. It's a new movie. I think we got it on VOD. Um, and it's, uh, 
a woman like wrote it and starred in it. It's like a small independent movie. And it's about this woman who goes to Shiva, which is like the Jewish funeral. Um, and while there, she's both her uh, sugar daddy is there with his new with his wife and baby. And her ex-girlfriend is also there. And so she has to sort of deal with all of that. It's a comedy. It's really well done. It's really well written. It's like very funny. I think if you're looking right now for like a good movie to put on with a lot of schadenfreude, it's a it's a great one. So I would say ship it, baby. Nice. I have a guilty swoon. No such I thing. Am, I'm, no, believe oh, me. Let's hear it. So I found this show that is was and I I don't know if there's a new series coming up at any point, but it's on Comedy Central UK. So for our UK listeners, they'll maybe have seen it and they'll judge me accordingly for for watching this show because I can only find it on like Daily Motion because <laughs> I can't find it's one of those UK shows that they don't even have on YouTube, and it's called Your Face or Mine. Have you heard of this show? No. It's Catherine Ryan, who I love. Oh, yeah. And Jimmy Carr. And they're really funny together. And Jimmy Carr is very mean. The idea of the show is that a couple comes on and they have to judge their faces against celebrities and also people that they have like a lineup. And they have to, you have to guess whether the audience thinks you're better looking than these people. Oh, And then you also have to say, like, if your partner is better looking than one of some of these people and then they'll bring in people from the couple's past and you have to say whether you think that person is better looking than your your wife or your boyfriend it is chill inducing cuz this is like a nightmare for me to be just completely judged on looks which that's what the world is now which sucks but it's so mortifying to see a couple sitting there and then an ex of one of them comes and they ha- and the and the partner has to say whether their as their partner is as good looking as the ex. Yeah. This is this is hell. I don't want to watch this. This is so yes, stressful. It, I'm stressed right is, now about the concept. You know what it is, but it's a horror. It's it's horror for me. That's why I watch it. The other thing is Jimmy Carr is very funny and he can be very, very mean. And it's it's very English mean. And that's the thing. I understand if you're from England, it might be, well, that's just mean. But there's a difference between American mean and and English mean that mm-hmm. I love. I love when English people are mean to each other and shitty about celebrities. But I hate it when people do it here because it just seems so uncouth. But mm-hmm. there's just something about it when they they do it that I just love. And Catherine Ryan's really funny too. She's she's she can be catty and mean, but not as mean as Jimmy Carr. And I think it works really well. But you can only find it on like Daily Motion. <laughs> and I've been obsessively watching these shows, and I feel very bad about it. But I couldn't help but talk about it because there's got to be somebody in our audience who has seen this show because it's on regular Comedy Central over there. So judge me if you want to judge me. But if you are somebody who has watched this show, let me know if you like it, if you hate it, if you think I'm a bad person for enjoying it. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, I don't know. Wouldn't be me. Couldn't be me. Anyway, Aaron, where can they find us? So don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We've gotten some really, really sweet reviews lately. One got me teary-eyed. So thanks, everybody, who's taking the time to do it. We really appreciate it. We read them all, and it helps people find us. Um, you can always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. Did you read Transcendence? Do you have a caveman uh, book that you want to recommend? Um, <laughs> I thought that was it. Do you have a, are you married to a caveman? Um. <laughs> uh, let us know what you think um, or other suggestions or anything at all. Um, we are on Twitter at Learning Tropes and we are on Instagram at Learning the Tropes. Um, we have our Facebook group, the Learning the Tropes Troop. A lot of people seem to be finding our Facebook group recently. So it's fun. We've gotten a lot of uh, people in there. We talk about episodes. We talk about just like general romance things. It's a lot of fun. And then uh, we have merch. Link below. Did, Clayton, did you see that somebody went to get her um, uh, vaccine wearing our mask? No, that's so cool. Was Isn't it on that? Instagram? 
Yeah, she she did an Insta story and she tagged us. It was so cool. I oh, re- so I awesome. shared it again, but it was uh yeah. So loved it. Love to see that. So uh yeah. So we have merch. So if you want a mask to go get your jab in, then uh go ahead and click click the link. Um yeah, Clayton. And then we we also have our hundredth book coming up. It's mm-hmm. not. Ne- it, it's not the next book. It's the book after that. So we have not chose it yet. So there's still time to get your recommendation out there in the ether. Yeah. And by that I mean send it to us. Don't just send it out. Don't you know, just say just don't, it right now. We we can't hear you. Don't burn it in a lamp and and, <laughs> and send it off into the atmosphere. Um, well, it also we are probably going to have a very special guest for our next book episode, and so we'll also we'll consult her and see what she thinks too. Mm. She's sort of an expert as well, so Wait. that could be. She's a legitimate expert. It's Jen from Faded Maids, if it works out. Mm-hmm. Um, so she'll tell us exactly what to read. <laughs> um, all right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for listening, and we'll uh, see you next week. Happy reading. Happy reading. <laughs> <laughs>